Hey, Karen Borges here, and welcome to our new after episode show, Pour One Out, where we chat with our cast in order to get to know who they are as people outside of the show and who their characters are and how they came to be. Uh, tonight, I have uh, my new friend, uh, Kelly Martin. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Not bad. So Kelly, uh, you are on the Humble Beginnings uh, podcast, so I don't get to play with you, uh, but I'm super excited to get to know um, you and your character. How did your character in Humble sort of come to be? Oh, so um, I was having a hard time trying to, to pick what I wanted to be, and I think I came up with bard first if i remember correctly and it was nate that suggested gnome and i was saying eh, i don't know and then I, I was looking at it and i was like yeah you know what that that doesn't sound like a horrible idea definitely things that i didn't think about well well i did was not super familiar with pathfinder anyway so there were definitely things that i didn't think about when making the character but uh. That's how that happens. That happens all the time. I mean, I feel like I constantly every level up. I'm like, oh, are you serious? There was this thing that I could have done that would have been way awesome. Um, so totally comes with the territory and it doesn't. I don't think it matters how long you've been doing it unless you build a character from like one to 20 and then know exactly where you want to go, which seems a little crazy to me. Uh <laughs> Um, any inspiration? Any in particular reason to be a bard or just a... No, um, I've played 5th uh, edition Dungeons and Dragons before and most of the characters I've played I think have been rogues so I did want to try something new mm -hmm. and then um, I was I had been reading up on the Pathfinder information and trying to find something that sounded appealing to me and so sounds good so it was fifth edition the um system that you started with yes and no okay um official official systems yes but i started playing role-playing games back when i was in high school a friend of mine back in the days of AOL Instant Messenger, a friend of mine <laughs> would make little group chats and we would all play online together. And I don't know if, if, if he was just, if my friend was just winging it or if there was a system he was basing his games off of, but I started with whatever that was. And then uh, we did play, that same friend hosted some games in person as well and had written his own system at that point. And I just remember, I don't know if he gave it a name or anything. I just remember a really thick typed up packet of <laughs> rules that he had made. Um, and cool. we didn't take it super seriously either. <laughs> um, and then in college, I tried playing fifth or was it fifth edition then i don't know what what edition it was but i tried playing dungeons and dragons then and most of the campaigns that i have ever played have lasted one or two sessions before they have just completely crumbled oh. um i then so i had sad. a 
Yeah, I had a roommate though that that DM'd, and so I played in his campaign for probably a little over a year. So that was my my longest running character, and that was Five E. So the actual getting everybody together, playing every week, playing all the time—that is such. It's such a hard thing to keep going for an extended period of time. It's always this. This show in this uh, Rune Lords is the longest that I've ever played uh, in a campaign. And I'm kind of astonished that it's still every week going. But I think it's also helping everyone's mental uh, states. So <laughs> I think that's yeah. probably why we, we force the situation. It's um, in-game therapy. So um, what is it that you like the most about uh, RPGs? I don't know. Um, I just think they're fun. I think it's fun creating a fantasy world and getting to do different things. And I feel like most of the characters I've played have at least been somewhat me. I don't think I've really gotten to play a character that's not at least a little bit me. But there are still things that I probably wouldn't do in real life that my characters get to do, so <laughs> that's that's kind of fun. But I think just mostly just spending time playing with people and having fun. I think that's my favorite part about it. Yeah, totally. I hear that. Um, how did you get roped into this campaign and into this podcast situation? Uh, so Nate knew that I had played 5th edition before, and... Um, had mentioned at one point last year he had asked if I would want to hop in on like just do like a one-off kind of a thing and that never happened and then when he was putting this one together he messaged me and asked if I would be interested in this and I had never played Pathfinder before so I said yeah well, why not it sounds interesting and so how do you like it so far uh it's a little bit I a little bit of an adjustment compared to 5e, but enough similar that that I'm enjoying it. I think the things that I've had the most issue with have mostly been with my character. Like, things that I could or couldn't do with my character. Mm -hmm. But but the game itself I'm enjoying. Yeah, the, those first couple levels, it's all about like not dying. So you can get to something yeah. fun at like yeah. level three, especially for casters and um, bardic performance, I think, goes up at level three and gets things kind of rolling a little bit more. The problem is that I am a gnome, so I can't. I'm not a fighter. I am not right. strong. I am not fast. I am <laughs> kind of useless right now. <laughs> definitely some you're definitely going to be able to do a lot of uh manipulation of the battlefield once you get a little yeah, farther up my non-combat stats are pretty good i have quite a bit of different knowledges and stealth and stuff like that but it should definitely come in handy the, our first, I think our first three or four episodes were entirely combat. And <laughs> yeah. so 
It was it was just a whole lot of me going, Oh, I didn't plan this well. I didn't think about the fact that my little first level gnome can't fight or run or anything. <laughs> and so I felt kind of useless at first there, but I think that Timber's kind of finding her, her way a little bit and and now that we've gotten out of the or at least temporarily gotten out of the <laughs> combat heavy episodes, I think that it's a little easier because like I said, I have a lot of knowledges and diplomacy and I was gonna say anytime you talk to anybody, that'll be super helpful. Yeah. We we didn't do much we had, we didn't do much talking the first couple of episodes. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> they, no, they didn't want to have a conversation. I don't understand why you can't just sit down <laughs> at a round table and discuss these things. Let's discuss why you want to burn this village down, right? Hobgoblin, just just relax for five. Let's have a cup of tea, sit down, discuss for a nice roaring fire. No, not the building, not the building. <laughs> What is it that you do outside of um, outside of the game? What do you do for um, work or fun? Um, let's see. For work, I am a CAD drafter for a property insurance company. Cool. And I also work part-time in retail as well. So, nice. a lot of work. Um, fun. Yeah, two jobs. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, besides that, uh, I'm... In a fifth edition campaign right now, and I'm about to be starting a second one, possibly oh, a nice. third, because I'm crazy apparently. Um, <laughs> now, two two of them are with the same group of people, so got it. Um, and then let's see, ah, hanging out with friends, watching Netflix, reading. There you um, go. I heard you went to the movie theater and saw the new D and D movie. How was it? Yeah, it was it was good. I had read good things about it, but I was still afraid that it was going to be, like, serious and combat-heavy and that I was going to be bored. And <laughs> it it, it wasn't. It was equal parts serious and silly, uh, like most role-playing campaigns are. Right. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I, I thought it was really good. My, my little nitpicky things were that... Uh, they definitely cast their spellcasters in the movie definitely cast way more spells than anyone could ever actually cast <laughs> during a campaign but i guess they they did wait i i've been told that they waived that for the sake of plot but right the casting and trying to figure out also figuring out that you can't like certain uh classes can only know so many spells and then they can only prepare mm -hmm. so many like, that was always something that, and still is something for me, that I constantly am trying to go back and forth with. A, it, like, a wizard will know all these spells, and they don't need to prepare them. They can just do any of the ones that they know. But then, I think it's like a cleric can only have, like, certain spells that they have for that day. So, if you don't prepare two versions of that spell, you can't cast it twice. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> but... Um, so that's interesting that they for the but I'm sure it made the movie look good to have it all did, that extra. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the one I noticed it the the most there's a they have a cleric in the movie who casts wild shape, mm -hmm. and 
she, like, during one battle, probably changed her shape four times, five times, and I'm like, oh, geez. That's... like, she's, she's one thing, and then, like, <laughs> all of a sudden it's more convenient for her to be this other thing, and, right. and I'm watching, I'm like, but you can't do that! <laughs> and... Isn't it just one thing? Can't you only change the one thing? Or no, in five... No, no I think you can do anything, but again, you can only cast a spell so many times per times. day and at, at a certain level and so on and so forth. Right. So to be able to like change your shape five times during a battle, <laughs> six times during a battle, something I'm like, no, it's not, that's not how that works, but it's just not realistic. <laughs> but I, I did, I did read that they had people who knew all of the rules on hand during the making of the movie so that they could stick as close to the rules as possible while still creating nice. an enjoyable movie. So I thought that was right. kind of cool, too. That is cool. That is very cool. What do you think the most challenging part of building a character is? Oh, um, first of all, I'm, I'm horrible at decisions. And second of all, I like to try and metagame a little while I'm creating the character. So like, if mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, if I know that this is the situation that we're going to be in, then I want to build a character based on that. So not knowing what's going to happen and trying to be prepared for as many possible scenarios. I have trouble with that because I'm like, oh, gee, if we're going to end up in this scenario, I'm going to want this ability. But <laughs> if we're right. going to be in that other scenario, then maybe I want that instead. And trying to figure out how to build a, a well-rounded character that's prepared for anything rather mm -hmm. than like, I don't want to, oh, gee, I'm going to build this character that would be perfect for uh, a seaside town, you know, something like that. Like, mm -hmm. like I can swim and I know how to <laughs> sail a boat or something, you know, and oh, right. playing in a desert, you know, that's yeah, not like, exactly. I, like, I don't want to do that, but trying to figure out like that, trying to get past that and create a well-rounded character, I think is a little difficult and. I do. I spend a lot of time going. Oh, I wish I knew what was going to happen because I don't know if I should take this or this. That's mm -hmm. that's my biggest hang up. Totally. I had one campaign, one of my very first campaigns. I wanted to play a witch so bad, so I just I put together this witch. She had all these cool mind affecting spells and all of this stuff, and then the entirety of the campaign was a haunted house. With undead. I could do literally nothing. I had no... And I didn't take any of the spells that would have helped my party. I took all those, you know, like the support spells. Every single one of them was like this mind affecting this and a mind affecting that and the blah, blah, blah. Like, undead have no minds. I was so upset. She died, I think, like third session that we had maybe. And... So I, was, I said, all right, fine. Unfortunately, it wasn't until like the fifth or sixth that we were going to get back into it. And like you said, it absolved at that by that point. And I was just like, yep. oh, well, there we go. <laughs> so um, what about your favorite pizza topping? That's that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I will always go for the classic pepperoni, but I also really like veggie toppings on my pizzas too for a while i had a combination i would order 
that was instead of the sauce i would get barbecue sauce and then i would put like jalapenos and onions and olives and I, i i really like the veggie toppings and if i get to be creative with a pizza i'll go with a veggie pizza but if i don't have the chance to be creative then i'll just get the standard pepperoni pepperoni good call I uh, discovered from uh, Annie that there's a whole weird um, type of pizza in West Virginia that's like a very similar situation to our party pizza, but it's hot. And then they take it out of the oven hot, like just the sauce, and then they dump a bunch of like mozzarella cheese on top and don't let it melt. And then just yeah that's that was the face i had i had the exact same face i was like what in the tarnation is this thing and i looked it up because i thought she was making like a joke it's actually a thing i forgot what it was called but yeah so that's been my the in doing all of these and getting to know everybody i'm like what is happening in other parts of the country (laughs) see and i feel like i've seen that online like people making that comment about our party pizza but now i have questions yeah right well like the, i she said oh it's just like your party pizza you know like it comes out of the oven hot and i was like i'm sure it does but we don't eat it hot and she's like what do you mean you don't eat it hot i was like who eats party pizza hot <laughs> yeah no we eat it. it's been sitting in a box in the bakery for half a day half a day and then somebody <laughs> Since picked it yesterday up, it, whatever somebody picked it up brought it to the party you know the the sauce is all stuck to the wax paper <laughs> it's separating them you know <laughs> if you really think about it it's the, probably like the worst like what <laughs> every, every single birthday party that you went to as a kid though had it oh of course and our daughter's party we're gonna have it then because she loves it she thinks <laughs> it's the greatest thing i'm like all right sure no that's, I, and i like it i i didn't like it as a kid uh i didn't grow up in rhode island so i didn't really have it uh as a kid but then i came when i moved here i went to the bakery one day and i I just said, I was like, what the heck is that? And tried it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Um, And now, like you said, every single party, especially during the summer and get like a whole sheet rack and whatever. I I think every party I went to as a kid that was at somebody's house instead of like a bowling alley or the skating rink or something. I think every party I went to at somebody's house, it was party pizza and hoodsy cups and those Mm -hmm. little... And those little yep. hug drinks. I, th- I think they had a different name, and I can't... Like, the little barrel know. ones? Yeah. Yep. I, I feel like there was a different name for that we called them besides hugs, and I can't remember what it was. But, yeah, those little barrel juices, mm-hmm. and party pizza, and the little hoodsie cups that you eat with a stick. Yep. That's the, every party it's I all went you need. to as a kid. Yep. <laughs> it's all you need. So kind of in line with that if you had a time machine would you go forward or backward in time that's a tough one i i would definitely be really curious to see the future so i kind of want to see the future but i feel like there's also I, I think i would be too afraid to try and change the past so i don't think i think if i went to the past it would be as an observer right um, okay because I would be too afraid of, like, butterfly effect there screwing something up. Right, right. You've watched so, far too much Back to the Future. Yeah. It's, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, maybe the maybe I'd 
go to the future then, just to to see what it's what's going on in the future. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. See whether or not we actually make it to Mars. Yeah. See see how see if we've managed to destroy the planet or not, see what the technology's like, you know. What are you talking about? It's just like ninety something degrees today. It's totally fine. It's normal. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's normal. <laughs> Everything is great. Everything is great here. There's nothing to see. I remember my dad told me one time because I had asked him whether or not he believed in like extraterrestrial and um, he said if they're there they came by and saw how effed up we are and just left. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, it's a take on that. <laughs> yeah. um, are you a snacker when you game? Sometimes. Sometimes. What's your favorite snack? I don't know. I like having little things that I can pick at. Mm -hmm. Like chips or M&Ms or, you know, little things like that. Nice. If I'm if I'm gonna have a snack while I'm gaming, I don't I don't usually want it to just be like a cookie because then I eat it and it's gone and now what am I gonna do with my <laughs> like What do I, I do I, now? I like little picky things that I can mm -hmm. you know keep my hands busy. I hear you. Do you stack your dice? That's how I keep my hands busy typically. Uh, so my my desk here for when we're playing this game is not very big at all. Like, I have just barely enough room for the laptop and the keyboard and my monitor. Mm -hmm. So I can't really play too much on my desk or anything. If I were playing at a table, then yeah, I'd probably be playing with the dice or, you know, doodling in my notebook or mm -hmm. something like that. I just don't have the, the desk space to do that here. Although, I'm saying that, and as I'm saying that, I'm fidgeting with the cap from this. With the cap? Yeah. <laughs> so. How do you feel about um, Timber so far? Like, what, how do you feel she's fitting into the campaign? What does she think is going to happen, is going to happen next? Um, I'm feeling better about her now than I was at the beginning. Because, like I said, at the beginning... Here's this little gnome that can't fight, can't run, can't anything. And we got thrown into combat after combat. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, she's useless. I can't do anything with her. Everyone probably hates her because I can't do anything with her. And she's just kind of in the way right now. And so I wasn't feeling great about her at the beginning. But now that we've like had a break from the combat, I'm feeling better about her. And... She does have some really good stats, just not combat related. So right. I I think as I get to explore those more, I think that'll it'll really flesh her out and I can see an arc like a growth arc mm -hmm. for her. Like I can I can picture it in my head what she might go through. Um, What's your hope for her, do you think? Um, I well, I think so her her background is that she grew up in a large family, kind of, you know, didn't really felt, feel very seen. And so when she was old enough to go out on her own, she did. And she's been, you know, traveling around, listening to stories in taverns and from merchants. And, you know, all of this sounded really exciting to her and she just was there to hear all these stories until this campaign when suddenly she was in the middle of it and 
So she's definitely starting off very shy and uncertain and kind of skittish because she's heard about all of this action, but never experienced it. And so I think she had that degree of, you know, oh, these are just stories. This isn't, you know, something that really happened. These are just stories that people tell while they're sitting around drinking at the tavern. And to all of a sudden be like, wait a minute, this is real, and now I'm right in the middle of it. Like, this is kind of overwhelming for her, but I think she'll, I think she could potentially really find herself and like, use some of the knowledge from the stories she's heard and stuff mm -hmm. to, I think that could really help in the future. And I think that as a non-combat character, I think she could be a really strong character. Um, nice. So, and I think she, I can see her coming out of her shell and, you know, stepping up a little more in the future once she, like, as she gets more comfortable with the party and with what's going on around her and, like, well, you know, I may not be able to fight, but hey, I have these other skills that I can contribute. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some big hopes. I hope that that happens for her. Yeah. Like, I can see the potential. It's just that those, like I said, those first couple of combat-heavy sessions mm -hmm. and I thought, what have I done? This is the worst character I possibly could have built for this. And like, um, yeah, so what do you think of that um, provision point dynamic for like the camp? Cause that's, that is like a totally different thing that I've ever, than I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm definitely not coming from 5e. I'm definitely not used to that. And also I don't think, I've ever played a campaign where we needed to care for a whole bunch of NPCs to begin with. Mm -hmm. So on top of not being used to having to keep track of provision points, all of a sudden it's not even just provision points for my character. We have this whole camp. Right. And I think that's a little tricky for me to keep remembering. Mm. Like, that. oh yeah, we have... All of these other people that aren't the party that right we need to um be fed and all of that stuff. Yeah, it's a weird mechanic. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a learning curve, definitely. Mm hmm. Um, what does Timber think of the other characters? Um, I think I think she likes them. I think again being thrown into this situation that she had never imagined herself in I think is also giving her a different perspective on them too because so far it's been a whole lot of we just got thrown into this mix together and need to keep ourselves and each other alive so it's not whether or not she would butt heads with any of them in the future I don't know, but mm -hmm. I don't think there's been that opportunity yet because it's like, hey, we're all in this together. And in that, like those first few combat sessions where, um, where like, I think maybe she kind of, she probably would have, you know, gotten used to the, like, okay, now we're in this, we're in this together. Mm -hmm. And 
so she probably has at least that amount of respect for them that, hey, you know, we're all in this together, we... I mean, she probably wouldn't consider them family by any means, but that sense of, like, like, this is my pack now because... Right, that camaraderie, yep. Yeah, I think she would probably feel that. Right. Well, that's all the questions that I have for you, so I just want to thank you for taking your time and get letting us get to know you and get to know Timber a little bit better, and um, I'm excited to see where your character goes and how this whole thing plays out. Uh, it's a lot of fun to listen uh, after Nate kind of tells me a little... I get, like, little tiny tidbits of what's coming in the future, and then I'm like, oh my god, what the heck are they gonna do with that? And then I get to hear it all played out. It's very cool. It's a lot of fun. But thank you again, and uh, I will be listening next week. Alright. Hey, Karen here, and thanks for listening to this episode of Pour One Out, with background music by Sirenscape. Please rate, star, or review on whatever streaming service you are listening to. We would love to hear your feedback. Support us on Patreon. Every little bit helps. Until next time, keep the dice rolling and the drinks flowing.